to Divided We Stand. I'm Joe McGuire, along with Duncan McPherson, Tyler Bard, and Eric Farron. Uh, we'll start off with a quick COVID-19 update. More than 5.9 million cases around the world, 1.7 million here in the United States. The virus has killed 102,000 Americans and over 364,000 people around the world. Now, in any given week, normally we'd probably spend a few minutes talking about COVID-19, which is totally taken a backseat for the time being, in large part due to George Floyd and what started in Minnesota and is now uh, basically broken out with riots and, and protests all across the country, including here in Connecticut, where uh, the major highways are all being shut down uh, by protests today. Uh, I did see earlier today that the police chief of Bridgeport actually offered to march with the protesters, uh, the police force, which I thought was really cool. Highways. I played a clip. Of, all- I sent a clip from Texas of that going on. T- I think it was Texas. Is that what it was? Eric? And Flint, Michigan, and yeah, New Haven. Uh, by the way, yeah. kudos to the New Haven Police Department. Uh, they, they had me in what tears this video. morning. Uh, all the police officers are standing out in front of the police station uh, with signs, police against police brutality. They retook their oath uh, and then challenged other agencies across the country to do the same thing. Um, I, here's the thing. Let me, let me just, so we're all on the same page here. Um, again, we're all from different political spectrums. There are people who think that people on the right are against George Floyd or are siding with the cops. And there's been a couple of idiots who have said some stupid things, but that, that doesn't, that's, that shouldn't and doesn't paint the picture of what most people think. So first and foremost, I'd like your guys to, your thoughts on, on George Floyd, the situation, then the protests and the riots. I think it was a horrible thing. I think I couldn't even, I couldn't stomach to watch the video. And I think for... The usual reactions to these things, this is actually one where most people seem to agree. It's when we get outside of the George Floyd incident itself and start bringing up all the other incidents that's happened in this country over our history, that things start to get muddled. But this one, I think everyone agrees. And I think it's kind of, the protests are kind of sad at this point because it seems like more people agree with what uh, the situation is and that it's, it's a negative thing and that it's not it's not something anyone is rooting for the police in this situation. I think everyone that I I know has talked about it with thinks that this is a horrible situation and cop was totally in the wrong, should have been arrested. I think everyone's pretty happy to see that his wife's gonna divorce him now. I know, I just think for the, on the whole, I think in my world, everyone's like against this. This is this is bad and everyone agrees this is bad and we need to do something about things like this. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. This is definitely uh, a long time coming. And, you know, we've had protests after these, uh, you know, black citizens, black men, black women have been killed by police officers in the past, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Um, and this seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and I'm all for this protesting. It's it's a great way to air your grievances, the looting and destroying of property. 
that's a whole nother subject that I'm sure we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, and I wish that would suppress so we can focus on the main issue at hand here. Um, and yes, I agree. The cop obviously guilty. He's going to get everything he deserves here from the justice system. Yeah, I have to agree. Blatant murder caught on video. People telling him to get off the dude's neck and he's just like looking right at him and just leans harder. Uh, dude is a cold blooded killer. And, uh, uh, the it, like you said, it's 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 the straw that broke the camel's back, and I, I'm wondering what percentage of the stress on the camel's back was added already from just the tension of being locked down. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody's everybody's pent up uh, frustration about the whole situation, and this guy just looking right into the camera and just jamming his knee into poor Mr. Floyd's neck just was too much, and people freaked out. And I think that. It's especially considering that the arrest of Officer Chauvin did not take place immediately, despite of such damning video evidence and witness, uh, you know, witness reports. The fact that he was not arrested immediately following that and a day or two elapsed is what um, I think led to the justified initial protests, of course. Uh, and I think that if they had just stayed fixated and they kept their rage fixated on the, on the police precincts and potentially you know like city halls and other government buildings that are could be potentially uh you know sharing the blame for policies and things like that that the entire country would still be backing the protests it's just it's sad that it devolved into mass criminal activity because it's just like any sympathy card that that they had now it's you know the, it's been shredded by devaluing the, the the purpose with uh mass crime and creating a whole new series of victims before it was george floyd now it's george floyd kb bala you know, all these people whose property has been destroyed and uh it's it's not helping anybody like you know, I'm. I, I hope that that the rage and the the horrible things that have happened create enough. At least, since all this bad stuff has happened now, it, it's possible that it could create enough attention to where things actually change. So maybe it'll end up being good. But you know, it's like a Machiavellian thing. Do the ends justify the means? Not the riots. Protests would have been nice to uh, continue. Now, both the mayor of Minneapolis and the governor of Minnesota are saying that most of the outside agitators and people literally breaking stuff and starting fires are not from Minneapolis and aren't the protesters who began the protest uh, and wanted to make it peaceful and wanted to make it about George Floyd and police brutality, which, again, we're all on the same page with. And it, and it seems, you know, look, this is a combination of Antifa elements. There's some white supremacist elements. We know that there's a a police officer, uh, at least now under investigation, who may have been the one that smashed the windows of that auto zone. So, oh, you know, right now, sure, look, uh, uh, look, uh, I, he's got he's got a right to due process. It's pretty damning right now. It, it certainly looks like that that's what happened, that there's people that are doing things for political gain or, you know, with, bricks, with nefarious reasons. Oh, yeah. Stacks of bricks and like just set up ready and waiting in front of places that didn't have any construction going on. It's like some there's some type of organized force that's you know bringing people in from outside the city, leaving bricks for them to throw. Yeah, they just want people to fight. Yeah, breaking yeah. the windows because that's like I, I mentioned in the chat. It's like 
to me, seeing that guy come in and break the windows, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps from just thinking. Yeah. About it. It's like the perfect psychological trigger to take a protest and turn it into a riot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. People just to see that broken glass and something inside their brains just clicks. So when I saw right. this guy hiding his, his identity with the umbrella, all covered up, coming in and breaking the glass with a hammer and then scooting out, it just looks like COINTELPRO, like a counter. It's like out of a movie. Yeah, I like it's it's super creepy that combined with you know then the, the guy who was like looked like he was confronting him there's pictures of them together walking around elsewhere and the bricks and like it's just weird i've seen i don't know you know how like you'll go into the post office and somebody will have a, a paper pinned up with uh things hanging down and you rip one off and it's a phone number for something to yeah uh, like a carpenter or a dog sitter or something there was i saw pictures of what looked like like protest for hire things posted like that and they were you know marked up with open open uh, society foundation funded by george soros and stuff i don't know if it's fake and just somebody made that paper to look like that or if that's actually what's happening you know there's websites going around with protests for protesters for hire and stuff like george soros creates every problem i think somewhere he's funding he just it. sits there like this yeah, he's, he's watching the, the news <laughs> um, we, we certainly invite uh, people to comment. Uh, let us know what you think. Thank you to lovely Rose uh, for chiming in. She's got a great podcast, by the way, called The Podcast System, which is on our network, the Clovercrest Media Group Network. So make sure you check that one out. Thank you for uh, weighing in, Lovey. Um, look, National Guard, look, I know you guys are all big states' rights guys, okay? The National Guard, the uh, Minnesota National Guard, has 10,000 troops moving into minneapolis there's 850 as of right now um basically martial law in the city uh as they start cracking things down how do you guys feel about that in a an american city in the year 2020 it was pretty eerie seeing the video when the the woman was just out on her porch i think it was a woman and she was just talking telling her family to come out and check it out and Oh, yeah. They started firing. They started firing uh, paintballs at her from the porch, telling her to get inside. And you, you can actually hear one of the one of the uh, the National Guardsmen say, "Light them up if they don't get inside." Yeah, it's crazy. Normally, I've been some. I didn't see that. About, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. I sent a video of it. I think in the chat, but um, I've been somebody who's warning about martial law crackdowns like this for over a decade and now that it's finally happening i'm like wow this is actually justified for, the, for these occasions um i i find it unconscionable that minneapolis police uh and police in these other cities have just vanished and are allowing property to be destroyed and everything like that when there's systems that they could you know incorporate to help disperse the crowds and protect people's property if if the government isn't there to protect people's rights which includes the right to property as i mentioned uh reading from the declaration of independence governments are created to protect our rights then what's the point the what is it the uh the minneapolis uh, mayor said that he decided to order a stand down because it was too dangerous yes this is yes, what that's the job for. this is the whole purpose is to to you know protect people's property protect the public so the idea that it's too dangerous is absurd to me uh, duncan well i i get that i get that it's their job um and right now though in minneapolis the the good protesters can't
can't stand up to these ones who are here, literally here to fight the police. They are here to fight the police. They're throwing bricks at their horses. They're throwing bricks at their cars. They're flipping their cars. They're lighting them on fire. It has become an unsafe place for so, the police even, which is wild to think right, that that's yeah. even something that I could just mutter and right, say and on a, on. But you don't order them to stand down. You allow them to opt out voluntarily. You know, you you still maintain right. the police force That's fair. on duty, but you allow people that feel like the risk is too high to, uh, you know, um, exercise their right not to partake um, in theory and potentially reprimand them afterwards for um, not upholding their duty. But, um, yeah, you're, it's totally, totally dangerous. Absolutely. It's a war zone out there. hundred percent. That was the next thing I was going to say. I don't want to chastise Donald Trump because the Justice Department, hold on, the Justice Department opened up an investigation uh, into whether Mr. Floyd's civil rights were violated. It was President Trump who asked the DOJ to do that. He also right. asked the FBI to investigate. Kudos to the president for that. But we're, you mentioned this earlier, Duncan, right? How much of this is just people pent up and, and ready to explode at, at anything Um and this starts to happen. And, and, and I understand the president spoke to uh, Mr. Floyd's family, had a nice conversation with them. It seemingly went well, haven't heard any backlash like that he said anything stupid. Uh, so again, kudos to him on that. But you remember the Ferguson riots. I mean, President Obama came out and spoke and told those people, knock it off, go home. What are you doing? What, what is it you're trying to achieve here? Go vote. That's how you make a change. Um, the president hasn't really addressed it at all other than via Twitter, and it was mostly we're going to shoot people. Um, yep. Again, look, it, it, this is this is not a, 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 an enviable situation that the president finds himself in, but wouldn't it behoove Donald Trump to come out and try to calm people down a little bit uh again he tends to go right towards agitating if you, you're oh, going to start writing we're going to start shooting he did that with corona you know trying to calm people down and then was criticized for not taking it seriously so if he did that about this the media would come out and blast him for not you know respecting george floyd or not being serious about the protests and backing the cause so like he anything that he does they're going to find an angle um to come at him about but uh, i want to add something real quick about martial law if the states fail to protect the rights of the people it's the duty of the federal government to come in and ensure that that ha that happens so that's that's my justification for backing the uh the national guard presence I think my problem with that, though, is is the way that Donald Trump goes about speaking about it. He's not just like, we're moving in the National Guard to keep the peace and keep the safety. He's like, no, nah, we're going to shoot you if you're in the street. So go home and end this yeah. now. I, I agree. He's a terrible communicator. The uh, When the looting starts, the shooting starts was a reference to... Um... It's like, who are you, like, maniacal Dr. Seuss? Like, what, what was that? <laughs> that was, like, the most ridiculous tweet I've ever seen from a president. Or the only tweet, because none of the other ones tweet ever, except this one. <laughs> I just don't think his brain can think that way. I think his brain just works in the blunt... You know, like, everyone always talks about the, you know, your drunk uncle at the holiday dinner. I think it just, yes. it just, it just comes out that way. I don't think a lot of times it's very as intentional as people want it to be, but that's just the way he is. And he's not changing. That's, that's, yeah, that's unacceptable. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with it. I totally agree that it's unacceptable. It's just, but I think it's just the way he is and he's not going to change it. I think it's a, I no matter who tells you. Listen, I, like I understand that. And I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Look, I, I don't expect this guy to, to, to change what he's doing. And, and I, and I find it, 
almost amusing that the media still acts and treats you know every every press conference like it's the first one they had with the guy where they're like i can't believe what he said or did and it's like come on yeah you guys been doing this for three and a half years you know exactly what you're gonna get right but again this is an election year and the country is on fire and the rest of it's in quarantine i just think for this guy to come out and have somebody write a few words. It could even be Stephen Miller, if you if you Not want himself, to be a little, hopefully. little on the hateful <laughs> side, but to come out and just reassure America, because this is what people want. This is what I hear the number one complaint, believe it or not, right now about Donald Trump is, is people don't feel like they're being comforted by their leader at all. And I think that's yeah. a legitimate thing for, for people to be concerned with. And again, you know, I think most people on the right are pretty content with the job Donald Trump has done. It's the people just in the that, middle and to the left that don't and soften the blow a little bit. Just that fact, though, shows you how the understanding of the general pop populace about the purpose of government has been lost. Like, the president isn't there to make you feel good or to keep you safe. Is there to protect your rights. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, comforted by the president. I understand the sentiment, but that's not the purpose of the federal government. It's completely, you know, that's your own. You're adding. <laughs> adding you're 100 percent right. But presidents have been doing it since right. this right. country started again. You it's just the would face of the nation, which is what led to that de- that dissolving of the understanding of the purpose of, of what they're there for, because it's you're, become- and you're. A hundred percent correct, but, and again, I'm going to point out it's an election year. And if he wants to be reelected, we talked about this last week. If COVID ends up killing 500,000 people, he's not going to win. Well, it's definitely going to now with the with the, the protests and the riots. Yeah, everybody's all rubbing I mean, worried about I think the lockdown, the lockdown in a lot of these places is probably over. I think those governors need to find a new strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you know, forced. it's not going to work now. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's long past time. I mean, we're, we're at the point where people are flying again. If people can be on airplanes together, I think we're going to be able to open everything up and look, let's have at it and let's see what happens. And and if it's a bad idea, I'm coming right back inside and I'm sure you guys will be right behind me. Um, no, I'm essential. I can't. Yeah. Um, well, we we did talk about the uh, commander in chief and, and what a terrible public speaker he is. Um, he does <laughs> like to use social media. Uh, oh, no. on I Thursday, can't wait to smack you guys down about this. I know Duncan's been oh. Duncan's been excited for this for years. This is years in the making for Duncan. But the president signed an executive order aimed at limiting the broad legal protections that are enjoyed by social media companies. Wrong. That's a mischaracterization. It might be a mischaracterization, but it also came two days after he got fact-checked and freaked out because he doesn't like it. The president said (laughs) said that companies have, quote, unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, hide, and alter a large sphere of human interaction. They have points of view. The Obama administration hopes the order will eventually set the stage for new regulations for each platform. Uh, However... And I know, Duncan, before you jump in, I'm sure you're going to want to. Legal experts say they're doubtful that this move will have any practical effect on the tech giants. Legal observers describe the action as, quote, political theater, arguing the order does not change existing federal law. 
and will have no bearing on federal courts. Sure, if you want to pick the opinions from one side of the aisle completely and completely leave out the rest of the opinions. Well, some, listen, some conservatives obviously are, are, are not happy, are, are thrilled with it. Others are not. Some believe it'll lead to government censorship. It'll lead to an explosion of frivolous lawsuits and a massive expansion of regulatory state. It's so the exact opposite of what, what's really but, happening. Uh, sure, but that's also that's also a viewpoint of some people on the right so not everybody's all like let's do this some people think it's bad and some people also realize that the democrats are going to be in charge again at some so, point in the future and again you want to invoke the nuclear that, option let's see how that works out it's complete misunderstanding of the entire situation the article that you have the the quote from here says that he signed an executive order aimed at limiting the broad legal protections enjoyed by social media companies but that's not true at all it it's he's not looking to limit any legal protections that exist he's he's demanding that section 230 of the 1996 communications decency act be enforced to the letter he specifically when social media companies form they have a couple different legal options they can they can you know when a company forms they can be a publisher and they'll be open to legal liability for things that are published on their websites, or they can choose to receive legal protections and limit and, li and liability protections from the federal government by choosing to be a, a platform. And when they do that and receive the protections, the, the liability protections, they agree to uphold a certain series of standards, which includes not censoring and removing um, information that violates the law, basically. So he's not asking for any limitations to be enacted, any anything changing broad legal protections. What's going on is that these companies who signed on to be platforms and got legal protection and immunity from content posted by third parties, they have now incrementally, bit by bit over the years, expanded beyond the limitations that they agreed to when they agreed to, to receive the protections. So now they're censoring all over the place and doing the stuff that they're not allowed to do as a platform. Only publishers can do that. So when Do Trump reacted after that tweet, and it's not people, the media is spinning it like, oh, they, they did something to his tweets and he's reacting personally it's a personal thing it's not personal when when they added a fact check to a tweet by a president by a, a, a third party poster they editorialized the content of the third party poster and in doing so they officially transitioned publicly openly from a from a publisher to a platform and so at that moment, you could argue that their their liability protections from Section 230 are gone. So what Trump is doing is saying, look, these these companies that agreed to these terms to receive immunity from lawsuits are now violating the terms of the agreement that they agreed to to receive those immunities. And he's just saying we got to enforce it. Like that's basically all that's happening. No new powers are being added. No limitations of of legal protections what he's saying is that they violated the terms that they used to obtain those legal protections and that therefore the protections no longer apply because they're not abiding by the terms of the agreement anymore understand what i mean by that so to say that that it's aimed at limiting the broad legal protections is completely inaccurate when he said that the companies have unchecked power to censor restrict edit shape hide alter he's not talking about legal power that they have he's talking about what they're currently doing and when he refers to points of view he's talking about how they're editorializing content with their own spin 
which is what you know what you could argue uh he, he mentioned the, the fact checking he mentioned shadow banning he mentioned a bunch of different ways that they're um editorializing and and in, in controlling the uh in the uh, the opinions of of the third parties and it, it's just it just frustrates me so much to see this so inaccurately covered by the media um across the board when it's 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 obvious when Barr came out and gave his statement along with the executive order he basically paraphrased everything that i've been saying leaving messages on the white house switchboard for the past year um these companies came into the into existence by purporting themselves to be like essentially public commons where people can go and share information and post and communicate and once they lured everybody onto their websites they started and 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 acquired a dominate dominant um, influence of the of the of the lands the information landscape. Then they started blocking people, banning people, and it's a total it's fraud. It's they lured people under the platform under the guise of being one type of operation, a platform, and now they've they're suppressing people and banning people and altering people's information and fact checking or whatever as a publisher. So it needs to be like the, the executive order says he wants to clarify section 230. He doesn't say anything about adding any new legislation or, or anything like that. All he's doing, he wants section 230 to be enforced, which there it's just not being enforced because it's been incrementally uh, sidestepped over the past 20 years, 25 years. So he's pissed that he was fact-checked. <laughs> no, I'm just like Duncan. Well, I appreciate you saying that a little bit more. You know, again, th- this is why we're doing this show, uh, so that we can have a greater understanding, really, of of what these issues are. If this is being misreported, you don't believe it's that. I appreciate you bringing that to the table. No, I, I think a I, lot of it is Trump being upset. But yeah, you you go ahead. Some of it is Trump being upset, but I, I think Duncan and I get information from similar places, and we hear what has been going on on these some of these platforms. Uh, Dennis Prager of PragerU, he's had videos flagged and taken down by YouTube as uh, mature content, and they're videos about the Ten Commandments or the history of Israel, and that's why he was suing Google because he had. 10 to I think it's 10 to 20 videos from his prayer you taken down for explicit content except none of his videos have explicit content they don't they, they never curse they're never they're usually historically based or fact based but because they didn't align with some of the views of YouTube or Google they were flagged as mature content 18 plus you had to get through the the screen the screening process to get through them and it didn't violate any terms exactly it didn't violate any terms and i think we've seen um jack dorsey has gone on joe rogan and tried to explain it away through the algorithms that twitter uses to flag things but he also admits that there are people that check these things and you know, they have taken, there's been proof that they've taken things down that just didn't vibe with the, the uh, ideology of the people checking these things. Yeah, so tons of- the media is blowing it up because Trump went after them, but these platforms have been doing this for a while.
Right. I've been talking about Section 230 specifically for over a year. And so now that you know, this executive orders come out and Barr gives the explanation, he said exactly what I've been saying, which is that these companies under Section 230 were given immunity, legal immunity, and they have to follow certain guidelines and they're just not doing it. So either from now on, they can continue editorializing and their immunity is gone and people can give them, you know, sue the hell out of them, or they have to, you know, remove their restrictions and they can maintain their legal uh, liability immunity that they've been enjoying for the past 20 years. Like Fox News or MSNBC or New York Times, they're liable for what they publish because they editorialize and they... You know, it, it's, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. I'm just rambling at this point. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's okay. YouTube admits also that they, uh, YouTube and Twitter, I believe, that they shadow ban content that doesn't even violate the terms. If it's borderline content that technically doesn't violate any terms, they'll oh, for sure. you from, yeah, they'll remove you from search results, remove you from relevant videos. Um, Absolutely. Conservative Patriots video views have, have cut in half over the past week. People like, uh, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer were on upwards trajectories with subscribers and views, and then they enacted these draconian um, algorithms and stuff, and their viewership yep. tanked. Subscribers hit a hit a wall, and um, it's just manipulating on every level. It's fraud. It's false advertising, saying that you can come here, that you you can interact with people, and then they shadow ban you and prevent your yep. content from being seen without any violations of their policies it's illegal it's fraud it's publishing and not platforming and um it's the 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 only proper solution is to end it because these companies have conglomerated and taken hijacked the public commons and are using it to censor the opinions of the the masses which is that has happened on youtube for a very long time uh with content being either blocked or demonetized Demonetized. uh based off of uh of words just words um there's a youtuber i watch who he won't even say coronavirus on his page because if he even mentions coronavirus, um, they call it fear mongering on YouTube. Um, so you oh can't even God. talk about it. So he just, he just is like, cause you know, we're all locked in our houses cause we want to be, uh, that's just what he talks about on his page. So, oh yeah, they, YouTube's got a vice grip on content like creation. list of words that you can't say unless yep. or you'll instantly be demonetized. So all these YouTube creators are like, like fifth graders out there like dancing around words that they can't say yeah yep like half the time i don't even know what they're talking about because they're they they're not allowed to reference something that's relevant to the conversation correct they have to dance around it and i'm like what the hell is he even talking about like i'm gonna have to go type in what he said and try to determine the news that right because they can't even say it without being demonetized what like cbs and cnn can go on youtube and say coronavirus and their videos are fine but any yeah. of us to try to do it we say coronavirus and we can't have any advertise on it it's an attack yep. it's a it's you know there's lawfare where you bankrupt people by lawsuits this is a monetary economic attack on independent creators of news and content that's taking the power away from individuals and sucking it right up into corporations just like the lockdown did yeah but how much of the problem is because look obviously i'm a i'm a big supporter of media i'm a big supporter of uh the first amendment and and obviously if you have an opinion that you should be uh able to share it and i and i especially don't like uh what is happening on facebook and twitter but 
at the same time, how much of this content that is being censored or banned or shadow banned or, or whatever you want to call it, how much of this is actually false information? It's irrelevant. Uh, no, yeah, I, that doesn't I matter. I, 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 I don't. I don't think it's irrelevant because I listen. If if somebody posts some complete nonsensical garbage, I don't have a problem with there being a fact check to explain it or or a link to a fact checking That's site. Different. That's different. Um, though. That's editorializing. Platforms can't legally. I understand it. it's editorializing, but there's a lot of stupid people out there, Duncan. There's a yeah, lot of people that will read reality. an article that is that is satire. Or, or is it blatantly the ministry of truth? You want to bring I don't, the arbiters of truth that dictate I, we don't we don't need that, but I think that there is a fine line between actual garbage fake news and well, garbage biased fake news. news. It's downvoted. The bad shit gets the thumbs down. So if they're hiding thumbs down in comments, ninety nine percent of the time, you know, there's studies that show that people judge articles based on the comments before they do uh the you know that is so true. Oh yeah, absolutely. They do with the article. So people started banning comments on their news websites it's the same type of thing like if you put out a piece of trash on youtube or, or something you're going to get called out on it and ha you're going to get ratioed which is when either you have a limited number of likes and a ton of comments showing that people are disputing it more than they're liking it or you're going to get downvoted and have a terrible thumbs down thumbs up ratio like like all the star wars trailers for the latest movies. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, like, it, when when the public has access to uh, criticize and rebuke and refute with comments and these systems, fake information will be flagged out as fake naturally, eventually. Um, it, it, when Twitter can, when Twitter can ban somebody, sorry, when Twitter can ban someone for replying to somebody by saying "Okay, dude," okay, dude. because that that response went through someone who may or may not have known that the person they were replying to was transgendered they got banned from twitter it's a personality his name is zuby i think he's uh either british or australian he's a rapper he's an athlete he's done all sorts of things he was gaining steam in the in the internet world and he was on twitter had a conversation with somebody and i forget the whole context of it it was something about oh i can sleep with however many more women than you and he all he did was say okay dude and he got banned from twitter and the assumption is he got banned from twitter because he replied okay dude to this person that he didn't know the gender but he was misgendering them and twitter took him down you can go to jail in certain places for that now yeah you're right um, <laughs> and that, that is secretly in the algorithm for twitter wait. misgendering or it's in their rules that but it's it's obscure enough yes, that you can't, it's worked around where are we going to jail for that? Canada. That is against the law in Canada. You can go to jail. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's not a, a situation where you're like, okay, dude, and they're like, that's not a dude, that's, it's a woman, and then you're in jail. Uh, I'm sure it's probably got to be a little if it's more than that. Misgendering, then it's misgendering. No, no, don't get me. I don't want to come off the wrong way here i think misgendering is horrible uh you should call people by what they want to be called by whether you do or not up to you uh in the community i come from i've been doing theater and acting for a very long time so i'm i'm surrounded by you know the lgbt community my entire life and to see anyone misgendered or misrepresented in that community is horrible um so 
I, do I think there need to be laws protecting the people? Obviously. Um, but to restrict language is where I kind of draw the line. Um, because you shouldn't be restricting what people say anywhere unless it's threatening. You know what I mean? Correct. Absolutely. A thousand percent. I'm with you. Yes. I agree with that. Sure. Yeah. But that's the thing with, um, with platform. And we can bring that back to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you, when you sign up to a platform for it to be a platform, you agree to allow legal speech on your, on your system and to remove illegal speech or things that are for sure as, um, you know, calls to violence, you know, Trump laid out the whole list. It's like, they have the list of these specific things. If it's lewd, lascivious, like a various, uh, uh, you know things and they've just gone way outside those those confines yep. laid, laid out basically so trump's like listen take a step back we need to clarify look at the wording here and pay attention to it because that's what's going to be enforced from now on that's all that's happened is you know and if it stays that way great if that's all this is going to be awesome we should hold these websites accountable to the uh deals that they agreed upon when they were first created um and if that's all this is fantastic let's let it go and let it happen and hopefully this is going to be a res resolution so we don't have as many posts being unavailable to view due to community yeah, yeah, standards yeah. The funny thing, too, is that, you know, Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg came out and they're like, well, this is going to have the exact opposite effect that you think, Mr. Orange Cheeto man. You're going to you know, block it, take away our liability, and it's just going to result in us removing 10,000 times as many posts. Like, go ahead, dude. When, bank when did Zuckerberg become vaudeville? Will leave. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 that sounds pretty good. Uh, but... <laughs> Leave me alone, can't you? Yeah, if they did that, you know, they uh, they would be gone overnight because nobody would be allowed to post anything because uh, it would all be censored. So those platforms would disappear. So you're gonna you're gonna try to play the big dog here, Twitter and Facebook, and and go and <laughs> start following the rules by removing everything. Then everyone's just gonna go somewhere else, and you lose right. either way. Follow the law. Stop trying to manipulate and control the, the, the information landscape and people's opinions. Like it's, you know, it's election engineering. Speaking of Donald Trump warring with organizations. <laughs> um, World thanks, organizations. Thanks for that segue, Duncan. Uh, President Trump announced that he was withdrawing from the World Health Organization. Uh, and move to revoke Hong Kong's special trading status in twin decisions that are likely to upset U.S. and Chinese relations. He also said Hong Kong is no longer entitled to special treatment by the United States because it's no longer autonomous from mainland China. Sad. Uh, Trump made that announcement uh, in which he leveled a long list of complaints against China from engaging in unfair trade practices to hiding the scope and severity of the deadly virus. Um, I don't have a huge problem with Donald Trump doing this. I agree with you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really sad, like I said, that, you know, Hong Kong is getting the shaft here, but it's not their right. fault. It's China's fault, and, you know, Trump has kind of been backed into a corner. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you can imagine what I think about the WHO, but sorry, Ty, go ahead. <laughs> is it, it's kind of like uh, the little brothers getting in trouble for what the big brother did. Uh, and I think it's an unfair treatment of what Hong Kong uh, had, no had no pull in as far as we know at this moment. Um, so uh, 
overall, every time I, I, they cut to this, it's one of those news articles that I wish just never happened. Uh, and that we, he never listened to them in the first place. He didn't take their, their, uh, their initiative. And he just came up with what would be best for the United States right now and listen to the doctors here who knew how our system works. Don't listen to China, what's happening in China. It's a completely different, diverse culture than what happens here in the United States. So we need to focus on us, the U.S., rather than those guys, and now punishing them for something that we could have helped ourselves with. Uh, once again, we invite you to make your comments. Brian O'Connor, uh, you know, listen, we, we can agree on things when things make sense. Um, I'm always down for that. Um, I have always been a big fan of the president's in regards to his feelings about China. Uh, China, has- China, China, China. You guys are great. <laughs> Look, China, China is not our friends. Uh, you know, again, so his affection for Russia friends. is a huge turnoff for me. But his dislike and hatred for China is something I've always admired about the guy, and uh, I think it's very deserving. Um, you know, trade wars are not easy to win. And he learned that the hard way. And this was basically him conceding uh, that China's China's got more power than we do. Um, and it probably helps that it's a communist country and they don't care about their people at all. Um, and, and, and that's unfortunately something that Trump has to deal with uh, is, is a free society. So there's only so much that he could do. But look, the, the Midwestern farmers took a beating that we lost that little tariff battle. Uh, but kudos to President Trump because uh, he's he, he's not stopping the fight. And I, I do appreciate that. I just wish if he wanted to, instead of going after uh, who and China and Twitter, if he made it who and China and Russia, I would be much happier <laughs> with this guy. How's that? No way. It should be Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, then who. Because if if they're not handled, then we're lost. We're not going to get the information we need. Yeah, if the information landscape becomes totally dominated, then any type of effort is futile, essentially. If we're disconnected from each other and from reality – and um, that's yeah. my biggest fear. I don't know if you guys saw the testimony by Robert Epstein um, a few months ago. Who's that guy? He's he's like a, an expert in behavioral sciences who's been in the field for like 40 years. Oh. And he did a bunch of um, analyses of search results and various uh, things on Google that led him to determine that Google can easily manipulate elections basically based on um, how they portray results and suggested searches to sway the public's opinion. Like if I start typing on Google 10 years ago and I start typing, I say Hillary Clinton, something, whatever is the most searched search will come up as the suggested search. So whatever people are searching for, for whatever topic I say, potatoes are, and whatever the top search thing is the suggested search that gets filled in in the bar recommended to you. What they've done is they got people used to the system where that was the mo- where it showed the top searches are recommending to them, and now they've altered it so you tar- start typing in Hillary Clinton and it doesn't show what the top search is; it shows what they suggest. So again, it's luring people onto the suggested platform search. Yeah, with the with the guise of of one operation, and then hijacking the operation mid play and having your platform do what you want as opposed to what the people have been programmed and taught to believe the platform does. It's 
highly illegal in my opinion and statistically according to robert epstein um has enough manifest power to manipulate and rig elections highly recommend um robert epstein congressional testimony on google uh, i'll write that down yeah if for <laughs> one of the didn't, craziest things i've ever seen honestly didn't google yeah. blackout searches on tulsi gabbard during the debate after she went after kamala harris so came the number one searched um thing on on google immediately after uh the the first debate that she was in and then they just boom blacked out her results for it was like 72 hours or something before she filed weird by then the, the momentum was gone you know like it's a, if you look at um similar stuff like in 2008 i remember when ron paul was running for president and i was back in him you could go to google trends and uh zach Voorhees used google trends to expose other ways they manipulate information last summer in his project veritas video but you could track um google searches through google trends so during the 2008 election, searches are going along and Ron Paul spikes as he starts entering the debates and the searches go astronomically huge. And uh, But you then you can add in media appearances in, in Google Trends and it'll compare searches on Google to a number of mentions and, and appearances on media. And as Ron Paul's popularity skyrocketed online, the media did the exact opposite and just stopped interviewing him. And, uh, it's, you know, it, there's just so many different ways that information control manipulates public perception and therefore alters reality um, as a like a rippling effect that they need to rein all these type of things in and uh, prevent people, prevent a small number of people from having a, a giant amount of control over the landscape of information and opinion. Yeah, for people who are casually trying to research these things, they're not getting the best information, probably. They're getting filtered information guided by this organization on how they feel. Yeah, YouTube boosts authoritative right. sources and search results, and Google does the same thing. If you search, if I type in InfoWars on, on Google right uh, now, <laughs> what it will show me is not content from InfoWars, no nope, con- content about InfoWars. About InfoWars. So it's, they're totally manipulating search results uh, and altering the, uh, the landscape, which is... It's weird. It's like we talked about this in the last segment, and then it comes right back around, and it, we see why Trump's doing the, uh, the things that he might be doing. That's uh, kind of funny that this came full circle. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> it's all connected in one way or another. Yeah, it pretty much is, sadly enough. Yeah. Now, uh, something also interesting uh, uh, happened this week. The Supreme Court ruled, uh, actually rejected a challenge to California's limits on large church gatherings during the COVID-19 pandemic. A uh, San Diego area church had argued state rules infringed on its religious freedom. The justices voted five to four uh, that California could enforce its laws for now. Judge John Roberts, Chief Justice, uh, joined the four liberals in upholding the state's rules. Um, Could you look, clarify? I'm confused. California wants the churches to be able to meet or not meet. California shut meet down with, the churches. There's a lot of saying we need to open back up. We want access. And then the speaker, okay, okay, you know, we're we're allowing the we're going to keep you stay closed. Office. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I wasn't sure which side was which here. Yeah. 
Uh, it, that's it, it. It came out very confusing, didn't it? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I was so like, the, wait. <laughs> the Supreme Court said that California can keep their limit on the size of church gatherings for okay. now, uh, which blatant is an interesting caveat. Violation. Blatant. Blatant. It can't get any more blatant violating the First Amendment. What if you look at the the statements that the various justices um, released? Kavanaugh's opinion said that it was indisputable a violation of the First Amendment here. And I agree with that. Uh, it's, it's beyond comprehension to me that this is even occurring. I'm the biggest atheist on the planet. Like, I, I could go on for hours about how Jesus was an astrotheological personification designed by the Flavian Empire to, you know, transition from paganism to their new religion or anything. I could talk about all that, all that forever. But people have the inherent constitutional right to assemble and to have religious freedom. And so this both restricts restricts assembly and religious freedom. It's a double whammy of constitutional violations. And Frank is uh, Frank is totally right. Frank Cuesta says if people want to meet, let them meet. Hey, Frank. Individual. Yeah, you're right, man. I agree with that. I don't have a huge problem with this. Uh, and here's here's my thing. Look, look, it's it's for now. This is a minor inconvenience. It's like when you declare a state of emergency, you know, or, or if you were to suspend the Constitution for a month for martial law. Um, well, you would have to authorize that with a constitutional amendment. Otherwise, it would be illegal in the first place. Sure. But listen, any any time that you have a situa situation like this, you need an end date. There needs to be this is going on until such and such a date. At I least, think yeah. absolutely. Look, absolutely. it's really important. But Trump said you know, fourteen days. I yeah, I understand your your about individualism, and I and I get that. I'm I'm a greater good kind of person here. Well, also um, the law. It's not just my opinion. The law is the law. Oh, I'm not talking about the law. I, there's nothing to do with this. I'm I'm saying you know, look. There there's there's people who understand the severity of COVID nineteen. There's people who understand what the point of the quarantine was. Understand that the again the point of the quarantine has never been that you weren't going to get sick. The point of the quarantine was we don't overwhelm the healthcare system so that when everyone shows up at, at once that everybody dies or we have to pick and choose. So it, it's it's never been about your safety, the quarantine. And I don't know. People seem to still perpetuate that myth. That's not what this was about. It's why we're opening up. And it's why we're trying to open up when it's safe so that we're doing it in the, in, in the right way. Having a lot of people in a building, literally a congregation, where people congregate. That's what we're trying to avoid right now. Okay. It's illegal to try to avoid that. <laughs> Listen, like you can suggest people avoid it, but you can't tell people. And that's the whole purpose of the. Sure, Duncan. Look, they we we never, know full well that there's there's gonna be court challenges. This is the first one that hit the Supreme Court, and and they obviously. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate, but Who's that's got just... dirt on on Justice Roberts. That's what I want to know. Obviously, he's been <laughs> compromised. Let me say this about the Supreme Court, okay? Um, I like John John Roberts. I don't have a problem with Kavanaugh, and I don't have a problem with Corsi. Okay, I think that that look, these guys all uh, you know, politics aside, at the end of the day, and and I give the Supreme Court a lot of credit. Most of these people, men and women, on the Supreme Court. Uh, are ruling based on precedent and statute, which is what you're supposed to be doing. 
it's not supposed to be your ideology creeping well, in. And I and I you're look, supposed to weigh precedent, but you're supposed to base your everything is supposed to be based on constitutionality with the Supreme Court. They're deciding if things are constitutional. Correct. Weigh precedent, but if precedent is unconstitutional in the lower courts, you you say forget precedent and you overrule it. And that's the purpose is that precedent it does not dictate law. They're there to interpret the Constitution, not to follow precedent. Correct. Again, at the end of the day, okay, the, the, these folks are it, it, the, in other words, I'm saying that their, their votes shouldn't be politics. It shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be right. That's not what it should it come down to. The Constitution, period. No. Politics. Correct. It should come down to the Constitution. Look, this is a very unique case right now. An unprecedented thing that we're living through uh, as far as as the quarantine and, and going through the, the literally the worst virus, you know, in, in 100 years to hit the planet Earth. It is. Um, it is. It is. It definitely is. Look, at the end of the day, it is it is not the killer people thought it was. OK, you, 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 it's not polio. Uh, and for the most part, if anybody on the call, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, Tyler had it. Tyler's whole entire family had COVID-19 uh, and dealt with it for, for a couple of weeks. So um, oh, and we lost him because of it. No, no. And now he's back. He's back. Uh, but look, you know, look, there's still people that don't understand the severity of this. And, and it's unfortunate. You know, I think that it, we, we talked about this from the get go. If people would have just worn their masks, stayed home and cut the crap, we could have ended this thing a month ago. Or it had no effect at all, which is what Sweden shows, that the whole lockdown had no effect and states that ended the lockdown. That's not true. Lockdown. Look, uh, uh, you're, you're talking about a society of more intelligent and healthier people than we are in Sweden. And they didn't need to be told Absolutely. not to go high five people in, in, a, in, a, in a pool in the Ozarks because they knew that was stupid. They knew that was a bad idea. But Sweden look, didn't have hey, here or anything, though. Look, like I said, yeah, it's out of the show, guys. Nothing happened. That's my point. <laughs> People are flying again. There's there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to start opening up stadiums, uh, why we shouldn't be able to start opening up concert halls and 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 start to get things back to normal. Again, if people if people will wear a mask and social distance, um, un again, until until this thing is either under wraps, disappears, which is a possibility, or there's a vaccine, which most of you probably won't want to take, um, as long as people are, as long as people are going and, 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 and taking the proper precautions for themselves, then I then I don't have a problem with it. But th this this again, the quarantine has never been about you not getting sick. You're all going to get COVID nineteen at some point, probably. Um, it happened right here, right here in this household. Four of my family members, you know, we, they suffered it, through Tyler. it. Tell you them know, all about it's, it. I, I hate that it gets taken lightly and you can have your opinions, whatever this is, that's fine. Um, but my mother and sister-in-law are both very immunocompromised. So we were doing everything we could to not get this virus, but my brother has to work. So we were watching his kids for him. He got sick. He sent the kids to our house. We got it here. I was the only person in my family who never showed any symptoms. So it is a very serious sickness. My Everybody mother couldn't. Yes, yes. Everyone is back to health. My mother is still recovering from the uh, after effect um, because it really affected her lungs. So it's harder for her to do some of the normal things she could do, but she's getting back up to speed. We are all finally back to work, but it, it wasn't the 14 day period that was described to us. I was home from work for almost three months. 
because that's how long this was in my father specifically in his system. So we had to be home because we had to, not because we were being told to, because we had to, because they were so sick. I, if I could have been at work, I would have been at work. Uh, but this sickness was an absolutely no joke. And to see places opening up, and for me, I, would, I just went back to work this week. Three days ago was my first day back at work. Um, and to see people walking around without their masks on, whatever but it was the way that most of them were walking around without their masks on with their chests puffed out and they're like ah i'm going against the man that really really annoyed me because there are people like my family who are terrified that we could catch it again or it can kill someone we know because of our immunocompromised uh, systems in my family uh so I, I just i hate seeing any fight against it right now and i i get I get that it's against your constitutional rights. I get that. And I am all for upholding the constitution, but, but don't fear, be Dude, you know, right. fear needs to be, it's it, fear is while it's not palpable. It feels like it is. You can, I could feel the fear in people's eyes around the store. When a, when a gentleman would walk up and not have his mask on, when an entire family with their children came into a store and didn't have their masks on, People aren't only scared for themselves; they're scared for you that you don't. They don't want you to catch the virus either. Um, so it, it was a three months of the nicest, cushiest uh, jail cell that I've ever had to uh, live in. But I couldn't leave this chair where I'm sitting. I probably spent about uh, 60 days in this chair, uh, just sitting here doing podcasts with, with Joe or doing podcasts with uh, Frank, who was commenting here, uh, because I was forced to stay home because of this horrible, horrible virus that, as Joe said in the last podcast, is not as worse, is not lower uh, severity than the flu. It has surpassed it now, and the numbers are there to support it. Um, so I, I think people took this way less seriously than they should have. And this lawsuit coming from California, uh, it just irks me in a different way that I think people who didn't have it in their family won't understand. So I just want to get that viewpoint out there as well, because it sucked being in a family where I couldn't go upstairs and help them when I heard them coughing their lungs out. There was nothing I could do. They told me to stay away until they stopped showing symptoms. So that's my two cents on the issue. Yeah, it's understandable, but you know the 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 uh, the plights of the few cannot override the rights of the many. Absolutely. I mean, so I feel I feel your pain, but you know, it's like there's there's still no justification for removing rights. So obviously, I would recommend people wear masks and be respectful per, for people who are you know afraid of contracting it and have been. And that's all I ask. And uh, yeah, that's what I would ask as well. I it's funny. I don't think you, there can ever be a law. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned uh, the cushiest jail cell. I think you'd be yes. surprised. Some of the jails in the Netherlands, <laughs> they give the guys like rock instruments Listen, and like places. I have a fridge right there and a microwave right there. I, I don't got to go far. <laughs> yesterday, I went to uh, the grocery store yesterday and I was, it was my dad's birthday and I was talking to him leaning against my car before I went in and I totally forgot to put a mask on when I went in. Uh -oh, I, just, uh -oh. I just walked right in and nobody said anything to me. Nobody oh, wow. looked at me weird. Nobody, you know, like I, I didn't even realize I wasn't wearing a mask cause I was just spacing out and I'm walking down the aisle here and a 12 pack of seltzer like falls out of this older lady's cart. I pick it up and like grab it for her. And she's like, thank you. You're a, you're a, 
a prince or something, you know, and, uh, <laughs> like literally said that and like looked at me, even though I wasn't wearing a mask, didn't freak out. Nobody said anything to me. Everybody that was working in the store didn't acknowledge that I wasn't wearing a mask. And I eventually I just left because I was uh I didn't want to create trouble. And so I was going to leave anyway, once I realized that I wasn't wearing a mask, but also this store that I went to big Y in, uh, in old Lyme, Connecticut, they do this stupid thing where instead of letting people queue up for in a variety of places for the, uh, the, the checkout lines, they have a one single line that goes all the way around the perimeter of the whole store. So if you want to hop in, line, you jump like 500 people back and then just like slowly. I could speak to that, but I'm not going to. I may work at one of those stores, you know, <laughs> you know, look at, at the end of the day, this has been, uncomfortable this has been yes duncan a, a violation of our rights um it's for the greater good it was a temporary thing and again it was never meant to to protect you that wasn't the point of it it was just not to overwhelm the healthcare system and now that we're in a position where they could start bringing in more people now that the seasonal flu is out of the way that minor seasonal flu thing, which is actually a, a pretty bad year as far as the seasonal flu is concerned. Uh, now we can get people into the hospital and make sure they get the treatment that they need. So it's time to start opening things back up. Okay. Absolutely. Just as all these lawsuits are getting the court, Duncan, to decide whether this was, was a violation of the Constitution, everybody's opening up anyway, uh, which is a good thing. And I hope we I learn like a lesson. I hope we learn a lesson for the future, Eric. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think what you're saying is as long as you're respectful about it, you don't have, you just wear your masks, do those kinds of things, even if you even if you disagree with everything that's happening. I'm not a big fan of it. I have to wear a mask at work every day. I've never I haven't missed a day of work since any of this started as it got more intense. Uh the owner of our company, as we're moving around the factory, we gotta put a mask on just to go in different areas. As long as we're six feet away and we're in our work areas we can keep it off all the stores i mean i'm in massachusetts i feel like we're probably going to be locked down for a lot longer than most places um thank god i have new hampshire 20 minutes up the road from me i can go to hinsdale and they're wide open we went a couple weeks ago but yeah just people being respectful <laughs> yeah and joe I, I feel like i may have oh i'm sorry um okay. i just didn't want to uh I feel like I can't, I could have come off a little aggressive and my uh, how I handled the coronavirus comments. But I also no, want to point to the fact I know it was tough here. That's why it might come off but that you, way. You dealt with it. So absolutely. But I also would like to point to it brought out so many amazing people. And we realized the incredible support that we have not only in this town, but in our close knit circle as well. And I want to just have I've, on this public platform, just thank all of the people who helped my family with the countless care packages and bringing us toilet paper because we can't go get it and uh, getting us some some soap and hand sanitizer, groceries. Whenever we needed it, we had our friends, our family and our community to really help us. And that is you can always find the good in the bad and coronavirus. I definitely found some good in this bad. We can bring that right back around to, um, to the riots and everything that's going on too. Now the amidst all the horrible things that have ha been happening, good people have been 
pouring forward, like uh, KB yes. Holland, the guy whose sports bar was burned down, the black guy. Oh, incredible. His entire oh. life a fireman, and uh, he's just on the brink of opening his sports bar that he's finally built and got all set up, and it got burned to the ground. But um, luckily, since three days ago when uh, GoFundMe was created in his name, almost $900,000 have been donated. Oh, that's awesome. Upwards of 800. Yeah, incredible. An hour ago. So, you know, like you're saying, this does bring out good as well as bad. I love it. I don't know if you guys saw. I think maybe you, one of you, even shared it in the in our chat. There was a, a situation where a police officer in the riots got separated from his group, yeah. uh, and a group yeah, of not, early yeah. early black fellas uh, locked it off, and they were like, "No." They were like, Look, "Nope." Powerful images. Wouldn't you say, guys, at the end of the day, and 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 Duncan, I we've had a lot of to top the debates you and I about this. I mean, everybody at the end of the day wants the same thing. They they want to be happy. They want to live their life, right? And we want to look out for for from our neighbors and 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 the people who we care about. Um, it, it, it's not asking for much, you know. It, it really isn't. And I think we all again all sort of have a common goal and maybe different perspectives and ways on how to get there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think in times of crisis, this is America. And we've been through all sorts of crap. Uh, and, and we've always figured out a way to sort of, you know, because look, leading into this pandemic thing, this country is as divided as it's ever been ever in the history of this country. And it and, you know, again, it's at the point where where people like my wife, who's a, a, a liberal feminist, think that you guys are like are all on uh, Officer Chauvin's side. Uh, you know, th that's how she feels. And, and so when we can talk about these things and we realize that we agree on so much of this stuff, um, even with the quarantine again i know duncan hates the rights violations i do too but i get it for now i'm not cool being locked down for a long time i understand um, why they were doing it and and that's why i was like yeah i'll live with it for now but if this thing were to go on any longer without justification i'll be out on the streets for sure i think for everyone who like probably duncan and i who are about the individual rights and our individual liber liberties what makes that great is you do end up caring for the other people that, that are affected by this. It's more about that than it is about what the government's doing. It, it, you can you can wear your mask into the store and you can you can fight for George Floyd. And actually, we can actually bring his name up because through all the conversations at this point, it doesn't come up very much anymore. And that's all great. And I know it's just good, like you're saying, Joe, just it's good to see people care about other people despite their ideologies or their politics. Like I said, I'm all about the individual freedoms, individual liberties to do what you need to do. But at the same right, in my life, we're doing what we have to do to stay safe. We're doing what we're, we need to do to protect other people as well as ourselves. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, again, another great comment here from 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 Brian O'Connor. Compassion always shines through during times of crisis. Doesn't get the uh, the airtime that the negative acts do, which is such a shame because uh, you know, again, you you guys, we've all been sharing stuff in our in our you know team chat here, uh, and in doing so, man, we all we've seen is some really uh, wonderful people stepping up and 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 trying to do the right thing and 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 try to you know show some compassion for each other because at the end of the day man you know it's all you got 
So all you got mm-hmm. is other people, you know. You gotta, so you gotta be careful not to generalize and judge people too, based on uh, you know other things that happen. Like we saw what happened with uh, you know Officer Chauvin on and George Floyd, but we got we got to be careful not to transfer our anger against George against uh, you know Officer Chauvin to police in general, or you know to uh anything like if if, when it comes to racism as well any negative interaction you have with somebody of a different race don't transfer it onto other people other individuals it all comes down to individualism respecting individuals judging them based on their own character so just be careful when when things like this happen that we, we don't as a people take our energy and our anger against different aspects of it, whether it's, you know, against the police or whether it's against, you know, rioters or anybody and transfer it onto other people. You know, we just got to be really careful about that, I would say. Just, Absolutely. I, wish, I agree with you. I, I wish agree. everybody on the right was as, uh, I don't know what the right word I want to use here. I'm going to say cool, as cool as Duncan and Eric are, because um, I feel like if everybody had your mentality and mindset on the right, things would probably feel and be different. You know, and I'm not excusing the left in any way. Please don't take it at that. But it it seems like a lot of antagonizing at times from the right and including from the president. Um, And that's no good. That's no fun. And so to hear you guys speak like this and and to talk in the manner that you do, uh, it it makes me feel good and it makes me feel hopeful. And and like like I said, I wish I wish everybody had that same mindset you guys did, because then I would feel better about things. Well, I'll be eligible for president in 2024, so we can start planning for that. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope you have a birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, They're going to be asking for it. Marriage license, though, so I can join Sons of the American Revolution officially. You sure you want to be president? I don't know if you want to do that. That looks like a lot of work. To, but I feel like I have to, you know? <laughs> Uh, by the way, big thank you to Eric Farron, uh, who was with this show when it first launched. Um, thank you so much for making a guest appearance. Oh, you're very welcome, Joe. Love Thanks to for get you back. Yeah, man. We'd love to get you back on some more. It was fabulous to hear from you. Tyler, uh, who's another Clovercrest Media guy, he's on some of our other shows. Um, uh, I asked him to step in last week, and he couldn't. Uh, he was Sorry. more than happy Mom's to. Birthday. No. Hey, dude, it's all good. Uh, as it was, Mike Adiosi got sick, and uh, and and Sam also couldn't make Not acceptable. it. Acceptable. It, it couldn't have worked out any better. You were like, "Hey, I'm free," and I was like, "Well, we need you," and so I appreciate you guys <laughs> stepping up. Uh, Duncan, as always, I I appreciate the insight um, and your ability to communicate, and and I know you're really fired up and passionate about a lot of this stuff. You guys have no idea how angry he gets at me sometimes in our group chats. <laughs> But never when we're on live together. It's never like it's only in the chats. I really fire you up. It's not. Well, I appreciate how hard you try, Joe, how hard you try. (laughs) You like direct the questions like, how can I get him to yell at me? Yell at me, Duncan. Yell at me. (laughs) At times times I might think you're an idiot, but it doesn't. (laughs) I love you, Joe. I love that so much. (laughs) I feel like Joe. I I only only get so mad because I like you. You know, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't even care. (laughs) I feel like watching the arguments with you and Joe is like the the arguments I used to have with Joe or can have with Joe at times. And then somewhere down the somewhere down the line, we end up at the same finish line. Just argued the whole way to get there. It's Bruised like and battered and, and bloody. <laughs> driving somewhere, trying to figure out which way was the best to go. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, Joe realizes we're right. Is what you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just. I will say up. this. 
when you guys are right and you show me the evidence, as I've told you a million times, you could change my mind. Absolutely. Uh, I am an yeah, evidence, evidence and facts guy. You show it to me. You know, watch how quick you'll change my mind on stuff. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate uh, your time today. I appreciate everybody. We have a huge audience watching today. We really appreciate that. You guys must be really stuck at home and bored, uh, <laughs> but we do appreciate it. Again, you can find us on Facebook and also uh, looking up Divided We Stand and uh, make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com backslash Divided We Stand. For Eric Barron, Tyler Bart, and Lord Sterling, Duncan McPherson, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next time on Divided We Stand. Hey!